tension no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are about to do. We submit and yield fully unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we call it done. Amen. I'm doing a continuation of the word of God. I started at thy word. At thy word. There was this gentleman who happens to take an adventure one day. And then by taking that adventure, he decided to venture into the deepest forest to f- exploit certain things for himself. But this forest was very thick and very, very vast. So you cannot just walk in without certain gadgets to guide you. So he decided to go with his compass, which actually directs him to every place he gets to. So he said, boy, he relied very faithfully on the compass until he got to certain parts of the forest. And then he thought, well, he, he, he knows his way better than using the compass. So he put the compass in his pocket and then started to go by himself because he thought he has arrived and he can actually make the way. Um, he's getting familiar with the shrills of the birds and other things that are going on the animals there and all that so he started walking but at a certain point he got to a certain point and then he realized that no he needs to check his time he has actually set out that he wanted to go into that forest to do his explorations and look for things at most he wanted to spend the day so that he can come back again to be able to put his findings together. But when he checked his time, he realized that he has spent three days in that forest. And when he came to himself, he, he realized that no, something is missing. Because he's tried to get back, but he's not getting back. To him, when he was setting out, he thought, well, I go this way, I'm coming that way. But when he checked his time, he realized that he had stayed there for three days. Then he realized that in as much as he was trying to come out, he was still, what, within the same forest. So, apparently, he was just going around the same place and he has not got anywhere. Then he realized how foolish he has been because people were worried about him and so many things were going on. Then he reached out to his compass. And then he realized on his compass that instead of him going east, he finds himself northwards. So, naturally, his exit is already lost. So, he was going northwards instead of coming eastwards. So, he was just going. Then he realized, that no, the best way to retrace his step is to rely faithfully upon the compass again. So, he reached out for the compass and the compass began to direct him. Now, something that took him three days to come around immediately the compass began to direct him in less than 30 minutes the gentleman found himself in the right place 
at the right spot where he started his journey. So in other words, he retraced his steps. Amen. That is how the word of God is. Christians or believers, when we come to know the Lord and we begin to walk with him, we read the Bible faithfully. We are so anxious to come to church. Uh, we call it the first love. We are so bubbling and we are running everywhere. Even when they tell us not to go to church, sometimes we even cry. Sometimes we are struggling. We find so many ways of coming to know the Lord. However, when, in quote, we started growing with God. And then we think we have known God. We have known his tricks. We have known his ways. Then you find the same people now getting cold towards the word of God. Now getting cold towards the things of God. Now getting cold whenever anything about God is spoken. The same zeal. The same joy. The same thing that causes us to run to the house of God is no more. Now we have every excuse and we have everything at our disposal to say that, oh, because of this and that and that, that is why I'm not at this place. That's why I'm not able to come to church. But before, we never had those excuses. Are you there with me? So even in Revelation, the Bible says that we should go back to our first love. There is the need for us to go back to our first love. There is the need for us to go back to seek for God that we have never done before. One of the things that I always do consistently with my life is all the time to search my life and see where I'm falling short. And sometimes when I realize I'm falling short, I feel so bad. So, so bad that I don't even know what to do with myself. But I look at others also and sometimes I wonder whether they are really working with God. You see, this Christian journey is a race. And whether you and I like it, on one day we'll give an account of it. But I just want you to know that if you are coming to church and you are feeling comfortable with God, you should know that you are backsliding. Ask somebody, are you feeling comfortable with God? Or ask the person, are you feeling comfortable with God? Now, on a scale of one is to two, if you want to choose between God and your work, which one will you choose? The lies we all say is that I will choose God because we have ten deceivers. But you see, choosing God is not by saying it to your mouth. Choosing God is demonstrating it by your actions. If you say you love somebody, love is not words. Love is action. Love is an action word. You demonstrate it. You show it. Are you understand what I'm saying? And how do you show your love to someone? You show your love to the person by the price you pay. By the distance you cover for the person. By the extra things you do for the person. It is not just telling you, I am with you. But when the person is looking for you, he can't find you. That is not love. That is not commitment. Because everybody can be committed to something. But it's only few that are really committed. It was said of a parable by Jesus. He said there was two gentlemen that the father had. And the father asked the firstborn. He said, I am sending you to go and do this. He said, I am not going. And then he asked the second one. He said, I am sending you. The second boy said, I will go. The second born listened to the father everything, but the second born did not go. But the first born, after sitting there, said, no, I didn't do right. I have to go. He went and did everything. Jesus asked them, these two, who do you think has fulfilled the will of the father? And the Bible said, the one who said, I will not go and went. And he said, yes. Because it's one thing agreeing, it's another thing fulfilling it. We have all come to say we love God, but we betray him daily. We betray him with our family. 
we be trained with the same woman they gave us. We be trained with the same husband he gave us. We be trained with the same child he gave us. We be trained with the same work he has given us. We be trained with the same car he has given us. We be trained with the same money he has given us. We be trained with the same beauty he has given us. We be trained with the same fame he has given us. We be trained him. We make him look like he, he uh, what do you call it? We make him look like as if what he did for us he made a mistake. He made a mistake in saving us. He made a mistake in giving us some peace and stability. I don't know about it, but when I watch the television and I see people like in Somalia and I see people in, I was, I was listening to the news uh, in Budumbram camp and the Ivorians were saying they are not going back and they were narrating their ordeals and the things they have gone through. I, I don't know whether some of you have watched this documentary on shaking the hand with the devil. How many of you have watched it before? It is sometimes we don't watch certain things, so we take God for granted. About the issue of the Hutus and the Tutsis and, and what went on, we call the, the, the documentary Shaking Hands with the Devil. And, and that tells you of things that human beings that's like you and I went through. And sometimes freedom is expensive. And, 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 and I look sometimes and I even look at ourselves and I tell people that it looks like in this part of our world when you even laugh people you smile with them you are nice with them and all those things they tend to abuse that but when you are so robust and you are so hard and you are so tyrannic that is where they respect you in the same vein Christianity can be very very deceptive serving God can be very very deceptive because god will not take a whip and stand by you to whip you if you don't read the bible oh well you understand what i'm saying god will not take a whip to whip you if you don't come to church god will not take a whip to whip you if you are led to church god will not take a whip to whip you if you don't redeem your pledge or pay your tithe or give your offerings he will not you know why because there is a day of accountability Jesus said that I will not judge you, but my words will judge you. It is difficult to serve the devil. Amen. Because with him, if he said he has an appointment with you at 6 a.m., if you don't get there at 6 a.m., when you get there at 6 30, he will kill you. Go and ask the witches and the wizards and the occultic people, and they will tell you what they go through. If you're a witch and you have assigned to this person and you could not do, when you go back, they will discipline you. Some of them are even killed. In your courtesy, if you go to take money or you take anything and you are supposed to offer some sacrifice at a time and you didn't do the sacrifice, it doesn't matter how faithful you have been to, to, to the master or to the grandmaster or whatever. When that day comes, you will die. Hello? So sometimes, Christianity becomes a bit cheap. When some of us were in Islam, and you have to get up and you have to get up early you have to fast you have to pray five times you have to do this we do it with all diligence with seriousness when i come into christianity i realize that the church is so lazy full of talks but nothing you might agree with me or not but the funny thing is that when when a muslim person teaches his child right from day one how to be able to perform ablation and pray and be diligent to his Christian life we have in the church we have believers who don't even know what their children read because they themselves don't pray 
how can they cause their children to pray the child is looking up to you as a mother and as a father to bring him to church early you are already getting to church late how can you teach your child to come to you and sometimes the irony of it is that children even have to pressurize their parents and tell them mommy i am getting late we have to go to church isn't it shameful And sometimes it's so shameful that a child will even pick a Bible and ask the parent of something in the scriptures and say, shut up, you are disturbing, I'm tired. You are not tired, you don't know. We have made the Christian work a ridicule. And we have made people look down upon the church as if we are nothing. As if we are a bunch of fools who doesn't know where they are going. But the house of the Lord, Bible said, I should be exalted above the mountains. The place and the city of knowledge and information is the church. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying? It's the church. Because of our ways of not working with God in that honesty and sincerity and taking his word, no wonder a lot of junks have entered into the church. We have come to believe in lies than to believe in the truth. A child of God will prefer to somersault 24 times to get a blessing than to tell the person just get up in the morning, pray and thank God the Lord will do it. He will think what you are telling him or her is not God. But he will rather believe you when you tell him get up in the morning 7 a.m. Move out of your room. Don't talk with anybody. Keep your face straight. When somebody wants to greet you, shake your head. And make sure you get to the office before you open your mouth. Because your miracle, immediately you open your mouth, you miss your miracle, you or she will do it. Spooky Christians. Some of us will think, me, I know God, I know the Bible. You see, quoting scriptures does not make you a Christian. Because everybody can quote, can quote scriptures. In fact, when I was a Muslim and I did Bible knowledge, I had excellent one. In BK, but I was a Muslim. So don't let us deceive ourselves. The same Bible, some can use it to enslave you or to free you, and some can use it for their stomach's sake or for the advancement of the kingdom. There are people who know the Bible cover to cover, but they don't know the writer of the Bible, who is Jesus and the Spirit or the Holy Spirit. The question I want to ask you this morning is: Do you really know Jesus? Ask somebody. Do you really know Jesus? Ask the person, are you sure you are a Christian? Ask him, are you sure you are a Christian? Let the person give you an answer. Are they saying yes or no? Isn't it funny that we say we are something but we are not? Amen. Some of us in our offices, if I even happen to be there and I said I am your pastor, they will be surprised. Because they don't know you to be a Christian. Or you don't get what I'm saying. Bible said that we should be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. But uh, most of us, even in our places, now, in our houses, if you even go there and say this person is my church member, they will say, are you sure if she goes to church? Because there's no Christian character or anything in your life 
that shows that you are a child of God. Is he coming to church and lifting up our hands and crying and weeping? Does not make us believers. It is how we obey the word and walk with it. And I always tell people that you can think you are deceiving me. You can play smart with me because, oh, pastor is coming, so let me be. No, 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 forget it. Because myself, I have an account to give. Oh, you don't know? Amen. The word of God is a two-edged sword. I can't deceive God. So when you want to please me, you are fooling yourself. Stop pleasing me and please God. Because he's the one we are all going to stand before. And Bible says that our, we are going to be naked before him on the day of accountability. So if you, if, if you, for instance, you call people on the phone and he said, when you call and they don't know your number, then he said, oh, please, um, this is pastor's, oh, pastor, oh, oh pastor, uh, pastor, I didn't know you are the one. Pastor, how is everything? So the question is, if I wasn't the pastor, that is how you talk to everybody. But since he's a pastor, you have changed your voice. Chameleon Christianity have to end. And we have to be real. I thought you would give a clap of free unto the Lord for that. You see, let people know who you are. And let them relate with you as such. For instance, if you look at me, you don't need to predict two times. You know who I am. Because I will not, I, I will not pretend to be what I am not. You understand what I'm saying? You either love me for it or you hate me for it or whatever. But that is how I am. Because I know I have a maker to give an account. This church and what I'm doing on the day of accountability I'll give an account. Whether I rebuke you or I corrected you or I pampered you, I'll give an account. My Bible says that I should rebuke and I should correct and I should straighten and I should encourage. So where I need to rebuke, I will rebuke. Where I need to correct, I will correct. Where I need to encourage, I will encourage. If you like, love it. If you don't love, hate me. But the thing is that God will justify me on the day of accountability. Paul said, I preach the total gospel to you that your blood will not be on my head. Ask somebody, by you. how do people know you? Let a person give you an answer. There are some of us, they know us by our names as John. Amen. On Sunday, we are John, we are Joanna. On Monday, we have a different name. Kisha. Tupac. Amen. On Tuesday, we have a different name. Wednesday, we, we change. On Friday, we are Musa and Isaka. So people cannot predict us. Open your Bibles with me. On our foundational scripture, Luke chapter 5. Quickly. It says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. We need to have a taste and a desire for God's word. Tell someone you need to have a taste and a desire for God's word. Jesus. I, I just feel like something is missing in the church. The same love, the same fire. Is, is dying out gradually from Christendom. And Christians now are gradually settled down to normal life. 
and, and, and instead of affecting our society, our society rather is affecting us. Instead of changing our world, our world now is changing us. No wonder a praise and worship leader was going to lead song in church. And then he picked up the microphone. He said, Puyaka, Puyaka. Because you see, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you don't have enough of God in you, and you have enough of Puyaka in you, what will you give out? So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Amen. They were washing their nets. Tell somebody they were washing their nets. They were washing their nets. And he said, then he got into one of the boats which was Simeon's and asked him to put out a little from the land in the name of Jesus. To put out what? A little from the land. Say a little from the land say a little from the land then he got into them and asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat when he had stopped speaking he said to Simon launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch but Simon answered and said to him master we have toiled all night and caught nothing nevertheless at your word I will let down the net and when they had done this they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink when Simeon Peter saw it he fell down at Jesus' knees saying depart from me for I am a sinful man O Lord for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken and so also were were James and John the sons of Zebedee who were partners with Simeon and Jesus said to Simeon do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Tell somebody they followed him. Tell somebody they followed him. They didn't follow anything, but they followed the miracle giver. Amen. They followed the miracle giver. There is one thing we should all know that no matter what we have, there is a need for all the time to forsake it and follow Jesus. I thought you say an amen to that. Let Jesus be our ultimate priority. Let Jesus occupy the most part of our lives. In fact, all, every part of our life, not the most, every part of our life. And let him be in charge and in control of our situation. We should not wait until we run into troubles. That is where we will seek for God the more. We should seek for God even when everything is alright. We should look for him even when we thought that everything is okay with us. We should not wait until we find ourselves in challenges before we run to him. Because sometimes it might be too late. Tell somebody it might be too late. This story is about a fisherman which I've already expounded on. Some of you were here when I started. Some of you were not here but I'm just doing a recap. About Peter and about James and about John. They were fishermen. That is a vocation they love so much. But they never had an encounter with the word. They don't know anything about God's word. They don't know anything about Jesus. So they were living their own life and doing what they have to do. But in the midst of it, they found frustrations. They found challenges. They found struggle. They couldn't deal with the situation. They couldn't deal with the challenge. Amen. That is why I said in my statement previously that your life without Christ is crisis. In other words, all of us, Bible said that we were like sheep that were led astray without the intervention of Jesus would have all been destroyed by now. But when Jesus came on board, he changed the course of our life 
from destruction to salvation. So when you and I become believers or we confess Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior, we have to know that God introduces another lifestyle into us that makes us different from anybody that is in the world who does not know him as his Lord and personal Savior. So tell somebody you are different. Tell that person you are different. You see, we are not the same like somebody who has not received Jesus. Christianity is not about fashion. Christianity is not about talks. Christianity is not about stickers. Christianity is not about how many pastors lay hand on you. Christianity is not about how many seeds you have sown. Christianity is about a lifestyle. It's about you living a life for people to see the Christ in you. For Bible says that we, we, we bear fruits of him. For by their fruits you shall know them. So Christianity is all about fruit bearing. Tell somebody it's about fruit bearing. We, we, we are so much engulfed with worldly things, with material things, with things that has not profit and benefit us. Isn't it so sad? Amen. The word of God should be taken with some attitude. The first attitude is that he said the multitude was pressing about him to hear the word of God. There is the need for us to have the spirit of agency whenever it comes to God's word. We need to have a spirit of agency whenever it comes to God. We write something down and be able to refer to it. This message continues after the break. From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu. Get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry products of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry products at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233 277-250-420 or plus 233 249 3361 Email us revismila at gmail.com Visit our website Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. Welcome back. Anytime we hear God's word we should have this yearning for it. We should have this desire for it. We should have this taste for it. So the first characteristics or the first thing that should challenge us anytime we hear God's word should be that desire. Should be that craving. Bible says, as the deer panthers after the water, so my soul panthers after you. In the first introduction of Luke 5 verse 1, he said, the multitude press about him to hear the word of God. To press is to force your way through. Which means that the multitude forced their way to hear God's word. Which means that even having access to hear God's word was so challenging that you have to bulldoze your way in order to catch a glimpse of what is going on or to hear what Jesus is saying. In other words, we have to Whenever it is time for church, it is time for God's word, we should have that spirit of agency to be able to not walk to church, but to run towards him. If the word of God is preached, and you don't have that agency to listen to it, 
if, the, if you hear the word of God and if you don't have that demand in your life to be able to move towards it, if you have the word of God and you don't have that desire to gravitate towards it because something is lacking in our lives, then there is a problem. Tell someone then there is a problem. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? You see, if, 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 if you are late to work, let me give you an example for us to get what I'm saying. If we are going to work and we are late for work, what is our attitude? When you are even, especially when you are even rushing and there is traffic also, which worsens the case, as if you can cause the car to fly. Oh, is that true? And some of us, when even there's a, it's a distance away, we even get down from the car and start walking. Because we have to get to work early. I remember when I was working at Top Industries then, we have a clocking machine where you clock your time. And I am the personal assistant to the managing director. I will get up very early. I will set my alarm. Mirror the alarm say, Papa, I am up. Standing by the roadside. Catch my car. Get to cycle. And sometimes you go and sit in Kanesh's car and it is slow. People are not coming because it's very early. Now, and, and whilst I'm sitting, I'm watching my time. As if I should blow the driver. And sometimes we'll get down at the junction and then you look at your time. It's maybe five minutes to time. And if you said you will walk, it will, so sometimes you'll be, you'll, you'll be running. You, you will get to the place and sometimes a minute to time. Sometimes exactly the time before you clock. Before they will sign your card. By the time you enter, you are panting and you are sweating. I'm not the only one, most people. Because you see, immediately the time passes. You are late. And the rule is that if you are late, you choose between going home or working. Now when you work, you will not be marked. If you go home, also you have sacked yourself. So you choose. Somebody say amen. It brought some discipline in our lives. So I hate lazy workers. That is me. I don't find it difficult to fire. Oh yeah. I work with Indians. I work with the British. Very disciplined. It's very, very important for us to, to understand some things. And, and, that, and, and that makes us to, any time you, you are itching to get, and that is why the word of God should be like, we, we, should, we, should, we should see the word of God. If I don't hear God's word a day, if I don't read my Bible a day, I should feel like I am sick. I should feel something is wrong. I should feel that no, something is not happening right in my life. Just like if I don't go to work. There are some of us, even when they ask us to go on leave, we will cry. We love the job. Child of God, we need to love God's word just like that. Oh, you are not clapping for that? Press towards God's word. Desire is word. Because it is only his word that will save you and I. You see, we can't change it. Once we, are, we say we are Christians and we are believers, there is nothing that can change it. We need God's word. Because the same word if we don't get it right, it can enslave us or it can free us. Choose what you want. Amen. But I need freedom. So I need to know the truth. Because Bible said that thou shalt know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Which means that if we don't know the truth, we are bound. But when you know the truth, we are free. Tell somebody, press towards God's word. Tell somebody, press towards God's word. 
in that same scripture, we find out that the two people or the fishermen had a problem. Tell somebody they had a problem. And we realized that in the verse we said, and the two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen are gone from there and were washing their nets. They had a problem. And the problem they have also, they can't fix the problem. Amen. Which means that there are things that are within our control and there are things that are beyond our control. And in this life, we can't control what happens to us. And we can't determine what should come to us. But they will come, whether we pray or fast or not, they will come. Are you following what I'm saying? So you can't control it. It will happen. The same thing confronted this fisherman. Just like you and I are being confronted daily with challenges and with problems. And sometimes if you are not careful, we tend to concentrate more on our problems and our challenges at the expense of God's word. Are you understand what I'm saying? Our problems and our challenges overwhelms us so much that even going to pray is a problem. Even studying Bible is a problem. But the question is, in all trying to solve that problem, in trying to change that circumstances, the question is, have we had an answer? Ask somebody, have you had an answer? I, I, you understand what I'm saying? You see, because of the economic pressure, the, the world of globalism, the world of competitive advantage, the world of industry, industrialization, the world of trade and commerce, the world where we are living in now is, is, is a world on a fast time. Are you there with me? Where, where if I don't, if I don't get up early, if I don't do this, I, I will be behind. I, if I, if something, I will, so all the time we live with anxiousness, we live with agitation, we live with stress. Our family units are breaking down. Our family systems are being destroyed. Not because we want it, but because I need to work. You also need to work. I need to do this. I need to do that. So all the time, even whilst we are in the loo, we are working on bed. We are working. Eating, we are working. Sitting in a car, we are working. Anywhere we are, we find ourselves working, and yet we are not getting anything. Hello. So you realize that high blood pressure has gone up higher. Diabetes have gone up higher because our eating habit in itself is a challenge. We don't have good rest. Hello. So we are stressed every day. There are people here, immediately after church, you are hitting job. You are doing more six, seven, eight jobs. Apart from what you do in the office, there are side ones, there are this. Every Monday to Friday, you have no rest. You will set off at 5 a.m. and sometimes you will come back at midnight. Sometimes your children doesn't even see you. If you even have a girlfriend, it's always on the phone. Hello? Busy. What time do you have again to read the Bible? What time do you have again to even listen to a message? What time do you have to even pray? Don't let us deceive ourselves. We don't do it. And our problems keep on compounding. Because the devil knows that the only way to keep us controlled by him is to cause us to be busy. So that we don't go to the light to take away the darkness. So we are like the fishermen. We are washing our nets. We are struggling and there is nothing coming in. Because the devil knows that as long as I keep you from praying, from studying the word, from falling in love with God, maybe 10-20 minutes and experiencing his presence, as long as I'm able to keep you away from that, you will go out there and you'll be dry. You'll go out there and you'll struggle. Do you know what? 
if somebody who chants or goes to the gym and all those things, before they step out in the morning, they always have to deal with their day before they come out. Are you following what I'm saying? They take control over the day by consulting their spirit before they come out into the day. So when they get out into the day, they have already conquered. They are not coming to struggle. Oh, hello? If he's a Muslim, before he gets out, before the sun rises, he has already prayed. He will make everything possible to pray. He, will work, he or she works with you at the same office. But when it is time for prayer, he will go and pray. In the same way you are in the same office. He is bold enough to say, at this hour I am going to pray. But you as a Christian, you are even afraid to even go out into the loo to go and pray. You will sit there and you will work because our God is a faithful and a merciful God. Hello? Are you listening to me? And so we keep on struggling by our effort and we are achieving nothing. Ask somebody from the day you started working. Ask the person from the day you started working. Up to now. What do you have? Nothing. Some of us are still owing. It's a matter of receiving your salary, but you have debts to clear. When even your money is coming into your hands, that is the time you are crying. Amen. And some of us are spending it on sickness and disease, which by our lifestyle has brought on us. Some of us are sitting on tender hooks. It's just for us to appear, for people to look at us and think it's alright. But we know. We are like this fisherman. You see, confessing Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior is not enough. But giving him the room in our life is more important. A man has a building and he, in the building has about 10 rooms. Very rich and wealthy and the visitors visited him. When a visitor came, he gave the visitor the man is occupying one, which is the master's room. Then he gave the visitor the guest, one of the guest rooms. And the visitor was in the guest room. And at midnight, armed robbers attacked the house. Broke into the house, stole from all the nine rooms. Man was the visitor's room. And then the next day, when they got up, the visitor asked what happened. He said, armed robbers came here. They've stolen everything. He said, didn't take I said, no, I didn't hear anything. He said, but how come you didn't hear? He said, well, because the room you gave me, I protected it. The man said, then if that is so, take the next room by your side. So he gave me, and at midnight again, the armed robbers came again. And this time, they stole from all the eight rooms, minus the two rooms that have been given to the man to control. And then the rich man got up again. He was a wise man. He was observing. He said, ah, I observed. When I gave you the first room, nothing happened. Second room, nothing has happened. But the eight was... He said, well, you gave me two to take care of. The man increases to three, increases to four. And anytime he gives the man the opportunity to take care of the other, there is protection. The thieves who come, they can all enter there. Gradually, he got to the seventh room. The man got the seventh room. Then, still, there was protection. The three were robbed, including the master's room. But the stranger's room, the rooms under the care of the stranger was still preserved. Then the man said, now, Take nine rooms. Also, my room, this is mine. The man took the nine rooms. And the nine rooms, the same incident occurred. All the nine rooms were intact. Except that one room where the master was sleeping. 
the thieves broke into it, ransacked this time, they beat the master even to almost collapsing. And they left him half dead. He was put back to life. And then he came back and he said, what happened? He said, well, I found you were conscious and I revived you. He said, what is it? He said, they came again. He said, yes, they came home. And this time they sweep the room. But he said, let's go. They checked all the nine rooms. Everything was entered. He said, what at all is this? Who are you? He said, well, you gave me nine rooms and they are protected. And he said, now you take including my own. The man gave his own also. Guess what happened? At that night, the thieves did not come. The robbers did not come. The man and his house was preserved forever. Who is this stranger? It's Jesus. Who is this man? It is you and I, selfish human beings. We have given some part of our life to Christ. And we say, Christ, as for my children, protect them. Go to Sunday school. You have to go to church. You have to read your Bible. As for me, I am going to work. And then he is waiting for you. Your car breaks down today. Breaks down tomorrow. The same money you are putting in. Every time the car is breaking down, you are repairing. It's breaking down. It will continue breaking down. Because he's not in charge of that car. Simple. And then you, you entrust the car into God's hands. Then you leave your business. As for my business, I have to be there early. I have to take that. I have to attend this meeting. I have to do this. He's there. You go through all the time and nothing happens. But the day you commit all your estate into God's hand, God takes care of it. I have nothing that I have that is mine. Everything that I have from what I am wearing, from what I drive, and everything I have dedicated it to God. Look, if you steal anything from me, you have stolen from God. That is my life. I don't get, I mean, moved by gadgets or by clothes or by machines because they don't make me. My aim is to make heaven. And that is all what bothers me. It's good to have those things for easy movement, for whatever. Yes, but that should not occupy our mind. Struggling. And Jesus got into that boat. Like the story I told you. He got into that same house. Took charge of the house. And after he has finished taking charge of the house, he says, salvation has come here. In the verse 3, after he has sat in the boat, that is taking charge. When we allow Christ to take charge of our life and of our business, then he says, when he has stopped speaking, he said to Simon, in the verse 4, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. And this is how Simeon answered, which I like. Verse 5 said, he answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, in other words, no matter what we have done, now I have learned my lessons. Now I have changed. Now I have decided to seek for you and nothing else. And so, I will do it. Amen. Church, I want to submit to you. I want to be honest with you. Don't let anybody deceive you that you can live your Christian life anyhow and you still attract God's blessings. Amen. Don't be quiet on me this morning. But I want you to know the truth. Don't let anybody, not even a prophet, not even a bishop, not even anybody, can deceive you to tell you that, you see, you can live your life, your Christian life anyhow, 
and yesterday you'll be blessed. You see, that which you see as blessing, because you leave your Christian anyhow, it's not a blessing. It's rather a trap for your distraction. The blessings of the Lord make us rich and add no sorrow. There are some blessings that have sorrows and that is not a blessing. And the verse 6 says that and when they had done this, what did they do? When they obeyed the word and acted on it, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. When you act on God's word, you will find results. And the result was not only to them. The verse 7 said they signaled to their partners in other boats to come and help them. And they all came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. We call it net-breaking miracle. Are you understand what I'm saying? The miracle we chase after. Believers, we are chasing after miracle than chasing after the miracle giver. Let's chase after Jesus. And when we've chased after Jesus, miracles will come. Oh, you are not saying an amen. Because right now, as you sit down, if I look at your nose and call and say, get up! You see, the way you are, tomorrow by this time, God is saying this, this, you will see how you'll be screaming. Oh, it's true. Hello? But how many of you know that the greatest miracle ever is God's word? Don't look at me to think that we don't profess or we don't see. We see. Amen. Hello. Uh-huh. I can decide to come here and I will not read one scripture by the leadings of the spirit and I can pick from all of you and tell you what God is telling me concerning you and I'll prophesy and tell you things. But that is not what we need. We need God's word first. You see, when a child eats food and is satisfied, then you give the child an ice cream. You become a good parent when you know what your child needs and not what your child wants. There's a difference between needs and wants. The ice cream your child wants, but the food your child needs. Because what we need helps us to survive. So then, somebody will say, so let's look at some of the benefits of the word. I've just shared with you before, but let's go into it quickly. The benefit of the word of God. At thy word. Quickly. The benefit of the word. The benefit of the word. Amen. At thy word. We are looking at the benefit. I shared with you the other time and I'm going to read it again. He said, one, it releases our miracle. Amen. The word of God releases our miracle. When Peter and James and John acted, they had what? The miracle they were looking for. So anytime we act on God's word, we'll receive a miracle. Anytime God says, do this and we do it, we'll receive a miracle. So obedience is always tied to God's word. Amen. The second thing is that it ends our frustrations. When we follow God's word diligently and faithfully, that which we call frustration in our life ceases. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying? That which we call frustration in our life, what? Ceases. I remember when I was so disobedient to, to answer to the call of God. Everything I do does not work. I was in Tema Committee 5 to preach. And when we were driving in, I look at Majoriwai Hotel and then Joka Hotel and I was telling Eddie. And, and, and he said, the pastor, oh, do you know this place? I said, you don't know. Amen. Quite apart from the fact that I played Harbour City in those days, I, I remember very well 
that with application letters more than 35 I combed everywhere then the, I don't have even enough money for transportation so when I take and get here I walk and I'm saying that God I will not preach because I don't want the frustrations of pastors I don't want any man I don't want to be at the mercy of men I want to have my own and be able to advance the cause if it's about supporting your kingdom I will do it God said I need your pound of flesh and I don't need your money I said God then we will tackle it was a serious battle very very frustrating I can attend the interview for this post after listening to me they will tell me no 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 this one you need to to be this so I remember one I have to go in for the interview more like a salesperson a sales executive after interviewing me they said no you don't qualify for a sales we need you as an administrator and these are the benefits it comes with the car it comes with the house so go and meet come the next day and meet the man I went the next day met the managing narrator everything was approved later they said we have changed our mind and so many opportunities will come but you just fizzle out and every time I weep on God I say God why are you not blessing me he said until you become obedient and ever since I became faithful and obedient to him you, I don't even care whether I am paid or I am not paid I will, there, was no, there is no day that I can sit there and say I don't have what to eat or what to wear your frustration ends when you become obedient to God's word child of God try Jesus and try his word from today and you will realize that our miserable challenging Christian life where people ridicule us and laugh at us will end because nobody takes God's word serious and his marriage go through stress his family go through challenges oh you are joking those ones when they come God will give you power over them because you see it will not destroy you it will rather make you better but as long as you become stubborn and disobedient we'll go through frustration and sometimes the funny thing is that we get people who cheat us, exploit us. That is why you lose a lot of money. Oh, how many of you know that? I remember I was going to rent a place and God told me, don't do it. And I have these leaders by me who were just persuading me, said, go for it. And I thought in my spirit, it's not right. Instead of me obeying God's word, I followed and gave a whooping 5,000, which is 50 million out. Immediately we did it. The people said, Will you give it up? When it even become possible, and the people dupe will pay. Ask me whether they are paid now. As for men of God, we don't say our story. It's 50 million, small money. But if you hear that I've gone to lock the people up and I'm getting my money, what will you say? Oh, hello, what will you say? Uh huh. Because as for pastors, we are angels. Hello? But you've forgotten that even Jesus took Cain and whipped people. <laughs> and it was, and, and, and around that time, I need to move out from where I am into an apartment because I need to move out. And this 50 million went. I need to go and look for another money again to go and pay for rent. In order, because of what? 
disobedience to God's word. Most of us, we have crashed with certain deals, crashed with certain things, not because we didn't pray, but even when you were praying, God told you this one is nothing. You said, no, 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 no. God, me, I will go for it. You know in your spirit that the thing is not right, but yes, you want to go. The guy, when the guy was proposing, you are feeling the thing that no. Somewhere, somewhere, your heart is not at peace, but you said, well, me too, I love you, I will marry him. People are telling you, no, don't go for it. He said, I will do it because you want to please people and now you have crashed and the irony of it is that when you get crashed and get disappointed you now come to God's house the same God who rejected his voice we are coming back to him again to restore us thank God God is a merciful God but his mercy will not abound forever Paul says that should we continue to sin that grace may abound he said no which means that there comes a time where grace will cease but I pray your grace will not cease. But don't abuse the grace. Don't stretch it. Like the example I gave you, that when people laugh with you, when your superiors joke with you and all those, you take it for granted. It's sort of you respecting it. Are you understand what I mean? In the same way is grace. When grace, God made grace available to us, sometimes we abuse it. We don't need God to put rules there. When some of us were in the boarding school, we get up early. Hey, hello, are you there with me? I don't know if you remember your boarding school days. Give me a wave. If it is five, it's five. If dining time is over, it's over. And then you complete that school. Now when the same time can say, ah, after school, your eyes will open the same time because you have been, you have been routine to fit into it. Now when your eyes open, you see, say, let me stretch a bit. Mm. Then you change the gear. You zoom into another level. Amen. Because there is no senior who will come and bully you. There is nobody who will come and call you out of the bed. Nothing. Like some of us, when we are living in, in our family homes, living with our parents, you are under control and checks, isn't it? Until you marry or until you rented your own apartment. You are the boss of your own house. You look, if you like, you don't, some of, some of us, we even sleep in our room for days, we don't sweep. We don't dress our bed. It's a matter of coming back from work and then, Push some things aside and lying on the bed. We don't sleep. Sometimes brushing our teeth is a challenge. <laughs> oh, are you there with me? But when you are living with your parents, you are under what? Guidance. Who dare you not dress your bed? You, you, I can go into your sink and see what? Plate packed. Three days, four days. The worst is that you just spray the kitchen. So all the time your kitchen is locked. When your friend visits you, I want to enter the kitchen. Say, wait, whatever you need, I'll bring it for you. <laughs> oh, tell me that is not true. But when you are with your parents, you will wash it because the rule is that you eat, wash, eat, wash, eat, wash. Now, mommy is not there. Daddy is not there. So you see, we go through disciplines and we don't apply the disciplines to our life. In the same way we come to church, we hear the word of God, but we don't apply it to our life. And immediately when we depart, we forget about it. Freedom. Freedom. Amen. You didn't hear what I said. Hallelujah. We've had freedom. We are free. The wheels of justice. It's very slow. <laughs> hey, God have mercy. So it ends our frustration. 
it cleanses us. The word of God is, is, is a strong detergent that cleanses you and I. You can write a scripture down. John chapter 15 verse 3. And then James chapter 1 verse 21. The next thing that it makes us bear fruit. If we want to bear fruit, we need God's word to bear fruit. John 15, 4 to 5. Are, are you following me? The next thing is that it makes us receive from God. John 15, 7 to 8. The other thing is that it illuminates us. Which means that the word of God gives us light. Psalm 119, verse 105. I want us to read that one quickly. Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119. Are you, are you, are you learning something this morning? Amen. Psalm 119. Psalm number 119. 119 verse 105. If you get to Psalm 119 verse 105, underline it for yourself. What does it say there? All of us, we are going to read it together. So let's go. One, two. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Amen. Your word, let's go again. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Which means that the word of God is what lightens our path. Amen. When we have the word of God, we will never ever walk in darkness. Tell somebody, if you have God's word, you will never walk in darkness. Amen. It also directs us. Tell somebody, it directs us. The word of God directs us. Psalm 119 verse 133. Psalm 119 verse 133. Let's, let's look at that. Psalm 119. Psalm 119 verse 133. Amen. It directs us. Oh, you, you don't like this. It directs us. It said, direct my steps by your word and let not iniquity have dominion over me. Amen. Direct my steps by your word. Which means that without God's word, our steps cannot be directed. So if I want my steps to be directed, then I need God's word. Tell somebody, you need God's word. And I'm not we are living in a challenging world that if you don't, you are not guided, somebody will sweep you off your feet. It is difficult to differentiate between a liar from somebody who is speaking the truth. Amen. So it directs us. It says it helps us to live pure. Tell somebody, it helps you to live pure. Psalm 119, verse 9 to 11. I love this one. Some people say, Pastor, I struggle. I want to live pure. I don't know how to live pure. I, I, I've, been, I've been doing my best. But anytime I try, the day I fast rather and I pray more and I try to do, that is why I sin even the more. You see, the lady that I was even looking for, that was not even coming. Now that I said, now I am serious with God. That is where the lady now is coming. And this time it's even full scholarship. The, the man who was bluffing, now that I said I have decided, now is the time the man is coming. Oh, how many of you understand what I'm saying? The day you have not received the Lord, things are okay. When you receive the Lord, hey! It gets to a time where even her house fly will not tell you the lady I love you. Meanwhile, when you were not married, you have so many women following you. Amen. Even struggling to choose from. But the day you said, Jesus, now my number one. Oh, are you there with me? So you realize that now, <laughs> look, you've done all the pawns, the makeups, the shake up, the push up, the whatever lap. You. Nice. 
uh, and sometimes when you are walking and the guys are there you, when you get there you, 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 you pause a bit and change your steps and this one you just give some guard so that when you walk and even that one they don't even see you you, you will go to the supermarket and go and look for perfume nice ones maybe class number 33 or 44 or whatever And the worst part of it is that even if anybody will come at all, the person that comes to stand before you as if you should take it. <laughs> oh, who, who understands what I'm talking about? Frustrations. As if God is gone far, but God is close. Amen. So when you stay with him, he will keep you pure and he will help you to get a right man. Because the right man is on his way. Say, I receive it. He said, how can a young man cleanse his way? It's a question. How can a young one, young man, live pure? How can a young lady live pure? How can the Christian live pure? How can he? Which means that it is not by effort. He said, by what? What is the answer? He said, by taking heed according to your word. By taking what? By taking what? By taking what? So if I want to live pure, I have to hold on to God's word. Amen. He said, with all my heart, then, with all my heart, have I sought for you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandment. 11, I love you so myself. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Thy word have I hidden in what? My heart that I may not what? Sin against you. So when I have God's word in my heart, there is no way I will sin against God. You know why? Because if I am going wrong, the word of God will check me. If I am talking anyhow to somebody, the word of God will check me. If I am going to steal, the word of God will check me. If I am doing something that is contrary to God's word, the word of God will check me because I will not, God will not allow me to do it. And the only way is that it will make me feel uncomfortable and, and, and it will be so much like a guilt in my life. So I know that this is a sin, uh, uh, but, but I, I, I'm not able to do, resist it. However, with God's word, I will have the power to resist and break free. So tell somebody you cannot save yourself from sin by yourself. Tell the person. Oh, tell him you cannot save yourself from sin by yourself. Sometimes we try. Don't we try? Oh, don't we try? You even try to close your eyes. You say you are not looking. You are joking. You open your eyes. Amen. Sometimes somebody will say that because of that, I don't want these friends to come to me. It's not about sucking the friends. It's about self-control. And self-control cannot come by rituals. Self-control comes by the word of God, amount of God's word in your life. So the, the antidote, the, 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 the solution to that sin factor in your life, the solution to that challenge in your life is have God's, more of God's word in you. Simple. Simple. Look, no matter how you, you decide to, 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 to close your legs and, 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 and say, me, me, I will, I will no more sin. I will, I will no, 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 no. You see, when, have you met people, people who rather think like they are too holy and over spiritual, they are afraid they will fall. Oh, are you there with me? They are afraid they will fall. It's like even if a lady is greeting them. If, if the lady, well, they pretend they hide behind the small screen of over spirituality. They don't have self-control. 
So the best is to create a barrier. If they say, ah, he said, because Bible says flee, I'm fleeing. <laughs> Amen. So, but such a guy, in the same way, if a lady is bold to corner this guy into a corner, oh, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Before you finish Jesus, you start by Jesus save me. Jesus save me. Jesus save me. Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Because he doesn't have God's will to resist. He is using his own effort to hide behind it. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. Meanwhile, it's a joke. It's just safe. I tell you, brother, people that you see them all the time, gra, 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 gra. psychologists will tell you they have very weak hearts. So they always do that to scare people. But behind them, they are very, very soft. In fact, people you think, hurting criminals, hurting criminals are people whose heart is even softer. So you meet the person, he said, anytime he said, I'm spirit, my eyes are up. So I said, oh, brother, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, sister, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because they, they, they want you to see them, that they are pure, so that you cannot even get close. Are you following what I'm saying? So that the per adventure they will fall. So the best way is to put up that thing to scare you. Have you two heard ladies going for evangelism and by the time they ended up, the person they want to evangelize has evangelized them? <laughs> oh, oh, are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When you are met one on one in the room with a lady, you'll be shaking. But the thing is not about talk. The thing is about the discipline. It's about the character. It's about the nature. It is just like if you are, if you are, how many of you have ever smoked before? Oh, I'm using this. I'm not condemning you. I'm using it for practicality. Give me a wave. Don't be holy on me. Me, I have smoked before. So if you want to be gentle, it is you. How many of you have smoked before? Show me your hands and don't try to play holy to be with it. Ah, you are a brother here and we have to use you for example. Go ahead and give a clap of front to the Lord. Now, for instance, if you start with a brand of a cigarette, now you realize that when you start with maybe one stick, this aspect that you get driven to by the saints, are you there with me? So you realize that those of you are smoking, so you can get me. Now, when you smoke maybe five, five for a very long time, consistent, you get addicted to it. So even when you are going to buy five, five, and they tell there's no five, five, but there's embassy. Even though you are mad looking for dirt to smoke, you will not buy the embassy. Because when you buy the embassy and you smoke, you will feel like throwing out. And sometimes you even get sick. But if you, so you will live where you are, even if you have to take a car, you will look for the next car and comb the next shop until you get five five. You don't care whether it is raining. And immediately you get it and you pull. Even if somebody should give you a back pass and you pull out, you are okay. Oh, how many of you understand what I'm talking about? And, and, and how many of you have drunk before? Give me a wave. Oh, don't be holy. Holy. Said today, pastor is going somewhere. <laughs> oh, give me a wave. Your Guinness, your Gorda, your whiskey. Give me a wave. And if you have also drunk seriously before, are you understand what I'm saying? 
you get addicted to a particular kind of there are some people they don't like ABC it is a beer brand but they cannot take ABC when they take ABC they will be sick there are people who are good with star because star is what gets them there are some people who don't even like ABC they don't like star but they like Henneken are you following what I'm saying there are some who don't even like any of them but they they like their Guinness and there is no drink you will give them than Guinness. So if, if the Guinness family finds them, he will give them an award. Oh, hello. They are addicted to that brand. They are addicted to, and when you don't get it, you feel like you are sick. And the highest form of it, if you have smoked marijuana before, we, or you have doped before, you will know that if you don't have a short, as if you are sick. In the short, you are revived. Anytime you do it, life comes back again. When it's not in your system, as if you are sick, you, you, you sometimes be walking like it, it, everything around you is smelling. Oh, hello, are you there with me? And sometimes you can even borrow, you can steal, you can cheat to be able to get it fixed. The same way, if the God, the word of God takes control over you, it gets you addicted. Addicted against sin, addicted against immorality, addicted against anything. So when you are reaching out for a bottle, it is no pastor standing there watching you. That will make you not to drink. But there is something in you that will repel it so you can't drink it. And when you force to drink it, you see that it will taste bad in your mouth as if it's like urine. You don't even feel it again. But you used to love it. But now you don't love it again. It is not because your system don't love it. Your system now is full with God's word that it's rejecting it. So get addicted to God's word. And by getting addicted, that is what the psalmist means, that the word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. I am used to the word. So by getting used to the word, any other thing that is introduced, I don't feel good about it again. I have to let it go. It is not because I want to do it. It's because something in me rejects it. very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Ligon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service. And Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. And my Lord with you, I know.